Hey, welcome to another episode of the Bangra Podcast. Today's featured mix is 242526 by H96. Link will be in the show notes. Today, Umar is interviewing Howe Magero from AEG. Howe is the former captain of Michigan Bangra team, also known as MBT. During Howe's senior year, he led the team to a season resulting in a first place, a second place, and two third place finishes, including a third place finish at Bangra Blah. Now he's captaining the return of AEG, already placing t- second twice and first twice. Alright, let's get to our interview with Howie Magero. Well, my name is Howie Magaro. I've danced with AEG, Patila Shakin, Michigan Bunger team, and doing the lungs. I am currently the captain of AEG alongside my co-captain Akash Manocha. I captain MBT from 2014-2016. And I am one of the founders who do near the wrong. Okay, so before we start, like one thing I did want to ask is, so I've heard from somebody that you actually used to be boy before you joined Bangra. How did that start, and how <laughs> did that transition to becoming a Bangra dancer? Um, you know, I I got into b boy because of you got served. I know it sounds like very generic, and uh, I think that is. But um, yeah, I got into b boy because you got served, and one of uh, my best friends at the time that I used to be boy with actually you know wanted to start a bunger team and he brought me to a daisy formal when i first went to college and that's where i saw bungara as a whole and when i first saw it i thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world i know i'm like a bit of a hypocrite now but then when i found out about the uh competitive circuit and you know the, the whole weekend experience with all the teams competing for you know these big trophies and everything and that really drew me to Bunger as a whole and just really, you know, leave B-Boy and just dedicate myself full-time to it. So, um, MET went to a lot of competitions two years ago when he went to blow up. What was the mindset behind that? You went to like six. Well, you know, back then it was, we were coming off of my second year captaining and I captained that the, my our senior year with, you know, Patrick Lakani and Sago, who's also one of the current captains of the right now. And after our first year, you know, we had our first taste at winning Nashville in 2015. And we said, man, you know, this feels so good that we want, we want to continue doing this. Let's, let's win more. And we thought, well, to win more, you know, we need, you know, more opportunities. And we said, you know what? Let's go to all the concerts we possibly can without burning out the kids and let's do our best to win. And, you know, that's what went onto that streak of six that we just kept going because we just wanted to win that bad. And, you know, the more taste that we got, of, you know, placing at comps, the more that we just wanted to compete more and more. And then we ended up at six competitions by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you talked about, like, burning out your dances and everything. How was it hard to keep your team motivated that entire way through? You know, the funny thing is, like, you know, I had a great group of kids. Um, they really, you know, believed in us three as a whole and that when they got more taste of winning, they just wanted to win just as much as we did. And that's what really kept us driving throughout the whole entire year. And also just us gunning after CMU that year. Because CMU was the top <laughs> collegiate team. And, man, I was just yeah. like, I really wanted to beat CMU. And that's what we, mm-hmm. we we literally, every cop we went to, CMU was there, right? And I went, CMU, yeah. then us. Or, you know, and we just said, we want to beat CMU. And we literally went to, you know, Unker and Tejas at the time. We said, we want to beat you. We just want to let you know that. We're going to go to every cop you're going to go to. And we're going to definitely try to take that first place. No, I remember. I remember um, the Facebook post where it's just like forever hashtag forever lose CMU. Um, <laughs> so, 
so it seems like your team was like super motivated and everybody really believed in you as a captain. How did you kind of, how did you create that culture? Because I know one of the questions we're getting a lot from a lot of the listeners of the podcast is that they struggle to motivate their dancers and they struggle to create an environment where they can compete because people just don't want to. And what did you do to create that culture? What did you do to get that respect from everybody else you were captain? I think the biggest message that Patrick Saab and I tried to deliver to our dancers was that you got to think of it from this perspective, on practicality. You're putting in hundreds of hours throughout a semester to go to a competition. And when you get there and you present this product, you don't come back with hardware. You don't come back with a prize money or a check. That means that everything that you really worked for, you come in the negative. You come back feeling a little bit down. You come back less money in your bank account, right? And you come back that, what if I did this, I could have done this better, and et cetera. And we said, we don't want to take that chance. We want to come back with something that we feel good about ourselves, that we show that our effort turned into something great, what in the form of a trophy and a check. And that's the mentality we told them, that you're putting in all these hours. It's like you studying for a test, and then you go, you fail, and you're like, oh, I'm fine with failing, so what? And that's what... That's like the analogy we used to use back then. I think that it just shows that with us that we told our kids, especially on MBT, that if you stick it out with us, we guarantee you that, you know, you're going to definitely get a couple cool pictures on Facebook, you know, for your profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and more so on top of that, in that Facebook picture, instead of you by yourself in the Vardy, you're going to have you with a trophy in your hand. Because you're going to definitely get more likes about that than, you know, <laughs> than just by yourself in a party. But um, the whole thing is You bribed your team with just Facebook likes is basically what you're telling <laughs> No, a little bit. Not a little bit. But um, more so that we told them that you stick it out with us, we guarantee you that we'll lead you to, you know, placings. That it will happen. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that faith in us because we have that faith in you in return. It's a two-way street. Doesn't, you know, one can't survive without the other. That mutual trust that, like, I believe in you as a captain, and but the thing is, you also have to make sure that you believe in the dance as well. So then, I mean, after MBT, you obviously became the captain of AHE. How was that transition? What was it, what were the differences when it came to captain MBT versus AHE? I think with AEG is this is a, like with AEG that predominantly a lot of the guys on our team they were you know they were Punjabi they understood the language right. And that with them, the connection with them is that we were all Punjabi, right? And I came in, it was like, look at me, I'm Chinese, right? <laughs> but, um, and and I, I really connected with these boys, though. You know, these you know these group of guys, these 25 group of guys, are some, you know, some of them are my closest friends. I love these kids so much. But the thing is that I took the effort to really try with them in terms of understanding culture. Like, I speak random Punjabi words. I sing bullies with them here and there, right? But it's yeah. just, you know, the, I show them that, you know, I make that effort. And, uh, you know, Akash does the same, right? Because, you know, he's not Punjabi himself. That we, you know, we don't have that many non-Punjabis on our team when we first started. Mm-hmm. And that we both tried to, you know, really get into Punjabi culture as a whole. You you are a little Punjabi. I know there's that one video of you on Instagram with Diljit Dosanj. Diljit's my boy, man. Put the other thing. La Chatida, yeah. I'll definitely, uh, for anybody who's curious what that is, I will definitely link that video in the show notes where Howie is doing his take on Punjabi Bolia. Was there anything that you learned while captaining AG that you wish you could tell your MBT self? I think the biggest thing is that 
if I were to go back then, I would tell myself is that you're dealing with 16 people and these 16 people are 16 different personalities, right? So when you're approaching captaining, maybe you yelling at one person will work, but you yelling at someone else definitely will not work. Were you telling somebody, you know, in a very sweet manner what to fix and trying to tell another person in a sweet manner what to fix does not always work. You have to know all 16 of your dancers or 20 of your dancers or 12 of your dancers, their personality and what they respond to, what makes them tick, what makes them understand the message you're trying to convey to them as a whole. And that's what I would definitely wish I could tell myself back then because I just literally thought back then everybody was the same. Well, I don't understand why he doesn't respond this way, you know, when I'm being nice or why she's not responding this way when I'm yelling at him, you know? So I know one thing you were t- we were talking before was um, uh, when you were casting AG, one thing you had to deal with is just kind of like kind of an egotism because you did have dancers from <clears throat> back in the, like back from AG old when back in 2008, 2009, like going on, he had like a lot of seniority. Yeah, a lot of seniority. Can you talk about that a little bit? So one of the guys, uh, Guru Chima, he's been on the team since 2008, right? He's one of the OG seniors and finally retired at Berg. And the thing is, you know, when I joined the team, you know, I was someone new on the team in comparison to him. So then when I got made captain and he decided to come back and dance again, you know, there was that, that you know, uncomfortableness where it's like, oh, man, like I have to now tell my senior what to do back then, right? But, you know, he he did a great job in terms of, you know, he – he respected me, and I really, really respected him as a person. That everything just went smoothly with him, and with the other guys. When it comes to ego, you know, they didn't really have an ego in the beginning. But then after Cleveland, certain people start building little egos, egos after that. Because after the first comp, because now they think, you know, oh, I'm a better dancer. I would know better than the person next to me. But the things you always have to keep egos in check. You have to let them know that you are the biggest dog in this room, and that you are not someone to be messed with. And that's what you know. Akash does that very well. And, uh, you know, I learned that from him as well. And, uh, we just bounce off each other in that matter. Because in the beginning, I was very, very nice. And then it became more that I can't act that way all the time. So how have you dealt with egos? How have you, like, ha- how have you, like, actually handled people with egos on your team? Uh, I've had, I've had, you know, some, one or two people that definitely gave me a problem in the past, uh, that are no longer on the team now anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. most of the time people try to, you know, but pull something slick, like, oh, you know, my feet hurt. I, I don't want to dance. I want to go all out. And I just literally tell them, like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. All right, go sit in the corner. I'm like, what? Like, go sit in the corner. Go sit in the corner. They go, are you going to make me go sit in the corner? I said, well, you know, your feet hurt. Obviously, you don't want to dance. You want to be here. So, you know, the rest of us will run it. Or, you know, you will try to do something in the same manner. I'm like, all right, we'll all stop till you're ready to dance. How does that make you feel? You know, embarrassment, sometimes you do have to embarrass an individual to make them understand that you are doing something wrong, right? It doesn't work with everybody, but, like, especially people that have really, really, you know, tough egos that, want to, that, that you're trying to break, you have to embarrass them sometime here and there. You know, not in public, but within the team setting, sometimes it does have to happen. So then, you know, after that, you obviously don't want to make them feel awful the entire time. How, how have you kind of reconciled people? You know, people, I mean... I know well, one question we've gotten we've gotten a little bit was like, you know, people, some people are a little bit softer when it comes to criticisms and stuff like that. How have you dealt with people who, you know, took something you said the wrong way? I think, you know, I, I'll give you an example, right? So leading up to Vegas, you know, I was very frustrated. I yelled at one of my dancers really, really badly at practice. And, you know, he didn't talk back or anything, but like, you know, he was just very cold, frustrated, very angry. 
And then, you know, he went home. And, you know, I went home. But the whole thing I always do with my dancers, especially is that if I yell at them, right, and I make them feel really terrible at practice, I always make an effort. I give them a call two hours later when I get home. Give them a call, you know, hey, how you doing? Most of the time, they're like, oh, I'm fine. You know, that voice that you definitely know that they're definitely not fine. But then you just have to talk to them, but hey, listen, I'm, I'm sorry for yelling at you or, you know, embarrassing you in front of the team, but I am not sorry for the message I was trying to convey to you, that you were being lazy or you weren't, you know, going all out uh, during the run-through. And it just saying the matter where, like, you do want to let them know that you do care about them at the end of the day. Because, you know, these people you're going to be with, you know, for the next, you know, semester or in the next couple of years or your whole life, you know, some people turn to your best friend. And it's just letting them know that you care. You have to make them feel special in that manner that, like, where they will come back to next practice and feel like everything was fine, that they got the message across not to do that, you know, again. And now here's a message for one of our sponsors. Double O Threads is the leading provider of customized apparel. Having served over 100 dance competitions and teens since its inception, Double O Threads ensures an easy ordering process and seamless delivery of everything ranging from t-shirts to snapbacks. Mention the Bhangra Podcast while ordering and Double O Threads will provide a discounted rate. Visit DoubleOthreads.com for more information. If you'd like to promote your business, competition, or organization on the podcast, email us at bungaroutinespodcast at gmail.com. Um, transitioning a little bit out of that, um, what is Akush like? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know, like, captaining a team, you know, I mean, when, you have a, when you're captaining a team that's kind of going through a little bit of revival, a rebrand, but still having, like, the original captain kind of watching every single thing you're doing, um, how's, how's that been, you know? You know, Ankush is one of my closest friends, you know, one of my best friends in the world. And, you know, having him around has been such, such, such a huge help, especially when Akash and I took over AEG, is that Ankush is very honest with us, right? Because me and Akash respond very well to honesty. Whether it be blunt and very mean, we don't really care when it, if, it's, if it comes out in that manner. Because Ankush would tell me us, well, you know, for example, Akash does the majority of the choreo on AEG, right? And he goes, he puts out, you know, some choreo, and he goes, he puts in our choreo group, and he goes, here's a choreo for Shika. And Ankush will look at it, and he'll be like, either this just completely sucks. You need to scrap the whole thing, right? Or that you need to fix this, keep this. The first half is just terrible. Please get rid of it, right? And, you know, it does sound mean to a lot of people, right? But then, like, it's, it's, it saves you a lot of the BS of, oh, I think it's good, you know, like, oh, maybe I could go back and fix it later. But, like, he just tells us straight up, like, I don't like this, and you need to fix it. And then, you know, Kasha will go back and read the anthem, and it comes out, like, literally 100 times better. It hits so much harder, right? And I really do appreciate that honesty he's always had with us, because when he captained, that's one of the things he kept in there real with all of their dancers, his dancers, and is why we respected him so much as a captain. Like, he, it was no bullshit. It was just, this is how it is. And that if you followed him, you know, to battle, which is on stage, that he will give you a trophy at the end of the day. So um, another thing, can you please explain the panda? Um, <laughs> well, uh, the panda is native to China, and oh, uh, it's man, a man. One of them. <laughs> totally kidding, <laughs> <laughs> um, So I think the panda came before I even joined the team, and. It was first revealed at Elite Eight 2012 when we went. And I didn't understand it, but I believe somebody on our team in the past just was really into pandas, apparently. And then they made this into an inside joke. Um, 
you know, and then it became a, a reality that they brought a panda to Elite Eight and we had a panda suit and it was a big head. And then uh, we made it a joke again, you know, at Cleveland and we wanted to bring the panda out again. And, you know, we were all for it. We we're like, screw it. We're going to bring a panda out. And then we brought the panda out and the panda was off centered at Cleveland. And then that was one of the critiques we got. They said the panda was off centered for the ending. And we we're like, Oh, but how much did we lose by to CMU? They're like 0.5. So like, damn it, the panda was the reason we lost. <laughs> and you know, it was funny. Oh. It, was, it, was, it was one of our seniors, Gunu, right? Because we love Gunu. Gunu's such a clown, right? He's like, I want to be the panda. This is my comeback. I'm going to be the panda. And we're like, all right. So he comes, he brings the panda suit, and he goes, you know, he goes a little bit too far off center. And then we got called out for like, that's right. We lost because of the panda. And then we retired the panda after that. And, and it's really oh, funny man. because... It was really funny because um, I remember Uncle goes, when we put up the cleaner, he goes, please do me a favor, cut out the panda from the ending. Just just put it off, like, you know, just snip the panda, the ending, just completely cut it. Just just, just get, get rid of the panda. And I'm like, got to put the panda in there. You know, it's my culture at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. So, I mean, to go off of that, I mean, AT is really known for, you know, like, doing some crazy stuff, um, like, really innovative choreos, mechanisms, overall set design. I mean, one thing I'll, like, one thing I'll call you out for, I mean, you had a very interesting way of sitting down on stage at Berg. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, but, like, the Fumania, the little Fumania thing, it was, it was kind of hot. At the same time, I was so mad, because, like, you just did, you just did a sub-segment, and you just got you, you Howie's literally straight sitting sitting at the very front of stage, just like twil- <laughs> twisting your hands, going all and doing for money for thirty seconds. I was like, all right. But uh, like, what's the creative process like? Was um, I mean, one thing I really like really enjoyed talking to people about, especially when it comes to Bangra, is like, what what do you guys go through? Is there anything you go to for inspiration very often? What do you how do you go about making choreo? How much time do you spend? Stuff like that. Well, we started making, for example, the Berg set in April, and we had all our choreo done by the time June hit, right? And it's mm-hmm. tweaks here and there. But the biggest thing, I think, with every team is that as a captain, you do not have to do everything. You have to rely on the resources that you do know, right, that you do have, and that you have a set specific role, right? So, for example, on AAG, right, Akash does all the choreo. 80 90% of the choreo comes from Akash, right, because he's just that good at it, right? It's like, I'll be like, gosh, can you make me a sub-segment? And he goes, yo, I got you. And he comes back two hours later, and it's like, you know, the bomb is sub-segment. We had, like, our sub-segment at Berg, right? And mm-hmm. and then it becomes, okay, who's good at making formations, right? Uh, I'm like, I'm decent at making formations, right? But I got lucky because Pratik, when he graduated, he came with uh, me to AEG, and he, you know, he had a leadership role in terms of he wasn't a captain, but, he, you know, he would help us out because he had captain before, and he would do the formations alongside me and Uncush, right? So he made all the formations for Berg, and we didn't really question him too much on it because he just knew how people moved and how to make shapes and how to make people move in ways that, you know, we just never thought of. And then Uncush will be the overall body, watching to see how the set is designed, telling us what we need to fix. This this sucks. This needs to be out. This needs to be put in, right? And then just having that final saying, like, a really person who just has such a decorated punter career who really knows what they're doing, and I come in, more towards after the set and the formations are done. I love cleaning. I love cleaning dancers, right? I love setting form, hitting all the angles. The formation, we have to be here. I, you know, I have beats one and two. And we just worked really well together because we all knew specifically what we were good at. And we never tried to bother the other person in terms of, I think, 
we should do this completely differently because we just had that trust in each other that we we, were, we knew that we were exactly good at. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like something like FCB kind of runs too. I mean, like Sagar, Shershan, said they definitely make more of the choreo. Me and Neil kind of take care of um, take care of formations, and then honestly, it's like whoever's at practice today will like teach the choreo. But I mean, teach everything. One last thing I do want to talk to you about is that. A BTF post you made a while back about bringing the fire back to the circuit. Um, blew up, blew up, constant jokes from, from there on out um, about anybody who was, who read that post. So why do you think the, why do you think the circuit lacks fire? And if, uh, and also, do you think it has gotten any better since you made that post? What I meant by that post is that lacking fire is I wanted rival respect. I wanted people to be in the seats when I danced. I wanted everybody to get excited by our dancing. And what I did see in the decline in Thunder back then was that everybody stopped thinking this idea of rivalry, right? And everybody, like, there's nothing wrong with being friends with each other. I'm not saying don't be friends with each other. But what I am saying is that when you go into a competition, there should be six teams on that line, but you want to say, hey, screw your team, I'm going to beat you, right? That's what I do like, right? Like, for example, like, you know, me and you, we're cool in there, right? But you, FCB is mm-hmm. one of our big rivals, right? That, like, for, and the thing is, when I saw that when you entered Mixers, in the past, everyone's hugging each other, and it's like, oh, best of luck, I hope you do really great, this and that, da 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 rather than, like, letting them know I am here to beat you, because that's the vibe I used to get back then, right? And things have really do have improved since then. For example, I went to Berg this year, right? Like, I'm cool with, like, you know, some of the homies on KPGD. I'm cool with you know, some of the guys at FCB and Buckeye, right, and UNC. But this time around, when I went into that mixer, what I sensed in the air was that all the people were staring at each other because everybody at that mixer just recently won first or second at a comp before, Right. And we're all looking mm-hmm. at each other like, oh, that's oh, you- right. Yeah, I forgot about that, dude. Like every single person at that comp place, literally a week before. Exactly. And we're there. We all looked at each other. We're like, oh, yeah, you placed first where? You placed first at uh, AKD. You placed first at Dushin. Oh, yeah, you just beat us last week, FCB, right? And we said, you know what? I'm yeah. going to beat you here in your home, own hometown. I'm going to take the trophy away from your own hometown. That's the mentality we right. had, right? Hold up, hold, hold up. Hey, yeah. Wait till Berg this game, okay? And then, hey, let's do it again. I'm, I'm down, you know? Like, it's, that's what you see, like, you see, and we're vibing right now, right? Because, you know, we're, yeah. we're cool with each yeah. other. But we had that rivalry, because that's what I love, right? Because then like, I gave you a dap at the mixer, but it wasn't the same dap I gave you at the after party. Because at the mixer, I gave you a dap, mm-hmm. and it's like, best of luck, but I'm going to beat you tomorrow, right? And at the after party, yeah. it was like, yo, yeah. you're my boy again and everything. That's what I loved it. That's, that's what I meant by rivalry. Yeah. Friendly rivalry. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. Okay, cool. So, speaker, singing of fire and beef and all of that. Um, when you're, like, when you're practicing for comps and making choreo and developing sets, and if, what teams do you have in mind? Like, who are you constantly gunning for? Uh, this year, definitely. I have, you know, three teams in mind. First things first, right? We're going to come back to Berg this year. And we definitely want to go against FCB again. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Ditto for us too. Don't worry. Exactly. You know, round three. Let's see it, right? You guys are definitely yeah, one of our yeah, top yeah. teams that we're gunning for. Second thing is within New York. You know, the Sword May. We're going to Bunga in the six. They're going mm-hmm. to Bunga in the six. They are an amazing dancing team. I love the way they execute their moves, right? And they really bring that folk aspect of it. 
And the thing is, you know, within New York, you're in the same state. You want to have that rivalry against them. And for us, we're going, hey, we heard you guys did amazing last year at six, right? But this year, let's see how we do against you. Who is really the top dog in New York City, right? And, but, you know, I'm yeah. cool with their captain, like Gurjeet Lali, I love you and everything, right? But this year, I'm in the six, we're coming for that first place, you know, against you. Or we were definitely going to try to place against you, right? Okay, above you. And, um, you know, he's a super cool dude, and I love the way they dance, but, like, you know, you want to have that rival. You want to work towards something. You want to beat someone, right? That's our second team that we're working towards. And definitely you know, our third team is, you know, shout out to the Toronto people out there. Like, I love the way you guys dance, and you guys have always ran the bunger circuit whenever you come through to a competition where it's like, oh, man, you know, NJ or SGPD or, you know, SPD is coming through. They're going to place first, right? But, like, I really want to see, like, how we go against you guys. Like, we really want to give you a run for your money, right, especially with us. And I have the most utmost respect for you guys, but I, I, I want that competition. I love it as a whole. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. All right, I guess that wraps up this podcast then. All right. Um, yeah, any final thoughts, anything else you want to say? Um, just, you know, final, a couple shout-outs, uh, especially, you know, to AEG and to MBT in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, currently with AEG, I love all the boys on Steam. All the boys have really stepped up, you know, you know, with, especially with some of the younger guys, you know. Like Ravi Suki, Vikram, AT, Ammo, Guri, you know, Kartik, you guys really stepped up and, you know, they've been really helping with the choreo this time around, right? Really pristine guys. They're going to be the future of this team, you know, definitely because I'm getting old as a whole and I got to find the life outside of Pandora. Uh, and definitely to, you know, Ankush and Akash were definitely, they, you know, help me, you know, help me, help me down, help me out and everything. And especially, you know, just that we will continue working harder as a whole. Hey, thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Bangra Podcast. Do you have any ideas for what we should talk about? If so, email us at bangrateamspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Bangra Pod. If you like this podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you get the podcast automatically downloaded as soon as it hits the feed. And if you really want to help us out, please leave a review on iTunes and let us know how we're doing.